Section four of Idomen or the Vale of Umori by Maria Gowan Brooks. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Discovery Dalcour soon drew me towards a sofa woven of bahuka by one of his skilful negroes and drew forth footstools of the same sylvan material. After seeing me at ease, he remained a while absorbed in recollection. The perfume of the flowers came gently wafted over us and the charm of pleasure and repose seemed blended with his melancholy accents as he again proceeded in his story soon after the scene depicted i left again the country of idumen and was constrained to make several voyages between france and revolutionized haiti the little i had embarked in commerce was at length successful i had been to this island and was soothed the softness of its climate the wildness of its recesses the surprising quickness of its vegetation all combined to fix the wavering choice of one whose hopes had often been scattered i had found here also a friend an excellent and honorable german he saw this spot where a little coffee had been planted and learned that its possession was within the narrow limits of my fortune authorized by letters he obtained it for me and hither at last i came and found solace and amusement in making these little arrangements which now call forth your approval more than five years had elapsed since i saw and admired madame burley my letters to her husband had now for two years been unanswered relieved from the bustle of commerce i began to reflect more intensely on what might be the probable destiny of the woman he had cherished and protected I resolved to go again to P-D, and waited but to plant my estate. Penetrating a few leagues into the country to procure young coffee and fruit trees, I turned, as is usual for solitary travelers, from the rough, unpleasant highway into the alleys of a fine coffee plantation in Wamakaro. A few moments brought me to the line of the principal entrance. A noble avenue, half an English mile in length, and leading to the casa grande or house of the master was shaded by palm orange and mango trees between these were planted roses oleanders jessamines tube roses and many other shrubs and flowers emitting a grateful odor at convenient distances were seats sheltered by arches of lattice-work and covered like those before us with vines of the passion flower convolvulus and many other odorous creepers whose nature it is to climb in wreaths and attach themselves with tendrils. I felt inclined to alight, and left my horse to the care of the negro who followed me, walking slowly forward through the shade. I soon found myself in front of a small edifice, standing a little back from the avenue, and adorned with jessamines and lyrius. It was a temple built of the limestone, abundant in all its neighborhood which still lay in heaps in the higher and less cultivated parts of the plantation. The little structure was elevated four steps from the earth, having in front an entablature supported by four white columns in good accordance with the rules of Doric architecture. A French overseer stood at the door and invited me to enter. The ceiling within was slightly concave, and the building seemed to have served for a library and music room books were seen packed in boxes, and a few pictures and ornaments had been taken down from the walls. The resident master of the estate was lately deceased, 
and the face of the man who bade me welcome was shaded with melancholy. His late employer, he said, was from the north, and the building we were in had been erected by a lady, his niece, who came to the island in deep mourning, and who a few months before the sudden death of her uncle had been summoned by a letter to leave the pleasant place she had made and visit a relation in Canada. In a corner of the room stood a little basket containing what appeared to be slips of waste paper. I took it to the window, and how was I surprised to see fragments of torn verses in the handwriting of Idumen. I asked many questions of the administrador. He knew little of the lady, except that she was kind and courteous, and that she sometimes seemed afflicted that the planters of the neighborhood had spoken much about her because of the singularity of her pleasures and employments when contrasted with their own pursuits and because though still young and said to be without fortune she seemed indifferent to establishing herself in marriage she was fond of flowers and had rode and rambled much about the fields and when her library was finished she had passed in it a part of every morning I now remembered that Idomen had told me of an uncle. Here, then, he had lived, and here had probably been past the first year of her widowhood. Idomen was now at liberty to love, but Idomen was now a wanderer. She was gone to visit her cousin Faramond at Quebec. Amid the snows and ice of the St. Lawrence, who would supply for her the warmth of a tropical sun? I thought of the handsome Ethelwald, and felt for her I knew not what of solicitude. I returned thoughtfully to my home, which then had not had time to bear its present aspect of adornment. I immediately wrote to Madame Burley, and wished her all happiness and peace, yet offered, if adversity should threaten her, my humble roof and all that remained to me for her protection. For two months I went not even to Matanzas, Every day was passed in marking out improvements, directing my workmen and planting trees and shrubs which needed little care save that of nature. My German friend had gone to reside at Havana, and I had been entirely careless of what transpired in my neighborhood. At length I rode to the smiling town to purchase wine and linen for my household. Near the margin of the Yumuri, not a half-league from my own dwelling, I observed, for the first time, a small house ornamented with boxes of flowers, and giving proof of more care than is common with the inhabitants of this island. A white female servant stood at the door of the principal apartment, and I saw, within, books, pictures, and a pianoforte. In the course of the morning I inquired of a foreign merchant whether strangers had lately arrived. Madame Burley answered the Englishman or as our Spanish friends call her, Doña Idomen, has come and lives alone with her servant, though safe in being near a Spanish family. The lady is said to be amiable, but singular in her tastes. What friends can she possess who have suffered her to come unprotected to a country like this? She has no doubt returned to look after a bequeathment of her uncle Llewellyn Lloyd, with whom she lately passed a year on his estate at Wamacaro. It is about six months since he died suddenly. I waited to hear no more, but concluded my business as speedily as possible, and at the decline of the sun stopped at the dwelling I had remarked in the morning. It had been a full month tenanted by Madame Burley. 
Idomen received me half screaming with joy and astonishment. The five past years had left no traces on her countenance. Her person was simply but carefully adorned, and her cheeks, neck, and arms displayed the soft roundness of health. Her dress was black but light, thin and graceful, and a few jessamines and orange blossoms were fragrant in her fair braided hair. Idomen, I said, we meet again for my consolation. I know not what may have befallen you, but now at least you seem in hope and in health. You have not yet reached the age of Sappho, when she perished at Lucata. But happy am I that no Phaon has been your destruction. Tears were my answer, but they were tears of a softened recollection. My servants and horses were weary, and longed for their own nightly shelter. I took leave of my newly found hope, but not before having tendered her my eternal friendship, and the utmost I possessed either of life or its sustenance. I soon passed the wood, regained my own piazza, and threw myself into a hammock, but the charming events of the day had indisposed me for sleep. My negroes, pleased with my return, served my evening repast with all that they could of alacrity. My white administrador reported the amount of labor. My four black mayorales came to pay their respectful obeisance and to speak to me of their own affairs, either of love or convenience. One asked for his favorite in marriage, another to rebuild his cottage thatched with palm leaves. Having dismissed them all to their rest and taken a bath of malva, footnote, a bath with an infusion of malva, is held in great esteem by the Cubanas. It is said by them to allay fever and to heal the system after bruises or fatigue. End of note. I sought at the hour of eleven a sofa in this same piazza, like this which now supports us. Alas, how different were my feelings! The sky, with all its constellations, looked blue and beautiful as it now looks. These flowers returned not their fragrance as I breathed, but all were planted and springing to luxuriance. The scenes of strife and danger I had passed returned but in dim perspective to my soothed imagination. I looked out upon my little domain with a sense of security and pleasure. My watchdogs slept. The negro who kept guard at my sheltered portal sounded a few notes on a pipe of his own construction. His sable favorite heard and crept softly to rejoin him through the budding coffee trees bearing a present of ground nuts or manis from her own garden, and roasted at the nightly fire that still burned in front of her cottage. Footnote. In the hottest nights within the tropics the negroes are fond of fire, and will, if allowed, sleep very near it. Accidents, however, were so frequent that on many estates in Cuba their fires could only be kindled on the ground without their cottages. End of note. The wild Epomia waved her delicate tendrils, as if preparing to embrace my newly rooted bamboos. The night-blooming Sarius was ready to spring open in the woods. The dew fell warmly in the moonlight. All was teeming and quick with the life of vegetation. How strongly doth hope entwine herself with the sensations of man! She reddens his lip when a child, 
and follows playing with his silver hair even to the brink of his last resting place i was happy i knew not why sixty summers had passed over my misfortunes did i hope that idomen would devote her glowing years to my solitude no the power that has granted this blooming shelter to the needs of my declining age knows well that i wished not a sacrifice to soothe and protect was all and that was enough for my happiness dalcour was silent a moment and i saw by the moonbeams that tears were trickling from his eyes he arose walked into the hall and awakened a negro who with turban of blue handkerchief and bracelets of vegetable coral on his arms and ankles was sleeping with smiles upon his mat and blanket benito awoke slowly but perforated as soon as he arose an unripe coconut filled two goblets with its cool delicious liquid and presented them to us on one of the leaves of its tree which he had twisted and woven into a salver footnote the milk or juice of the coconut can be obtained in large quantities only while the shell of the nut is green and tender End of note. the friend of idomen soon gained his composure he quaffed the sweet nutrition and spoke a word to the negro benito went out and returned with a napkin and a cup borne upon the same salver of cocoa leaf and formed of the shell of a ripe nut filled with water pure from the filtering stone and scented with blossoms of the orange tree my sensitive host bathed his eyes lips and forehead and received a newly opened cluster of tube-roses from the hand of the faithful benito whose spanish good-night was returned with benignant courtesy we both sat down again upon the sofa of Bahuka. Dalcour handed me the flower and seemed pleased thus to resume his story. Early the next morning I repaired to the house of Madame Burley, attended by the good boy Benito, who had found for her breakfast some ripe fig bananas and an avocado pear, that fruit or vegetable marrow so cooling and grateful to the palate when eaten with the light bread of matanzas it was nine o'clock when we arrived the convolvulus was still unwilted by the sun and the malva with its yellow blossoms was spread like a carpet near the threshold idomen stood at the door to receive us she was dressed in a white morning robe after the english manner and a passion flower of a small singular variety was placed amid the natural curls on the left side of her forehead her whole aspect was serene and fresh as the air she was breathing unequal in years and born in a distant quarter of the world she met me with all the heart-healing delight of a perfect and unalloyed confidence not far from our view flowed the smooth stream Umuri the hills rose on our left covered with eternal verdure and crowned with a few palmettos whose plumy tops were waving softly in the sun i held a moment the hand of idomen and was happy the moaning of the smaller dove was heard from a neighboring thicket of shrubs bound together with lianas but a black vulture descended and stalked before us in gloomy stateliness I looked at the bird and shuddered. End of section 4